Montag lieben Klausen Globen. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. I have a little bit of a uh, audiovisual video settings problem here. <laughs> Let's see here. Mm-hmm. You got to do the. Uh, <clears throat> no, we don't want that. We Mm-mm. don't want. It's Mm-mm. not the built-in microphone that we want. Mm-hmm. We want it to be the. Uh, you go to system preferences here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see over here to sound. I like to imagine that your um, glasses are down at the end of your nose, like Chuck Schumer. Yeah, that's that's it. And you oh, get that kind of head, head back thing, and you're like, okay, I'm clicking. Yeah. Go. Well, I'll here. Hang on, I'm in a hot plug. Ready? You're not supposed to do this hot plug thing. Hot plug. Hot plug. Oh boy. A hot plug. Hey, there's that oh. guy. There it is. <laughs> uh huh. How's it going? <laughs> I never see the hot plug coming. Hot ah. plug! Hot plug! Ah, I've got my glasses here. Uh, where is oh. that? We did it. <sighs> we did it. Mm-hmm. We made it. It's another day. Everything's happening. Yeah, you want to do this over video? You want to do video chat? No, I'm good. Thank you. Um, my settings here. Actually, ironically enough, I am doing more video because I have to. And uh, it's a lot of work. Oof. Oi, oi. In this economy, and I I really do, I really, I really need a haircut. And my family has forbidden me from using the cat clippers on myself. Why? Well, I mean, I think they're worried that I'll become a grotesquery, more so. I don't know if it's the cat clipper part or the auto-cutting that is more upsetting to them. Let me interrogate two different uh, uh, angles here. First of all, why do you need a haircut? Um, it's unsightly and unruly. To and, whom? Well, you don't maybe, see anybody, am I right? Huh? Hmm. Well, on video, they they see me. Well, you could wear a hat or slick it back. Do you have any product? Do you have product? <laughs> but over here on the sides, these like Chester A. Arthur things I got going on uh-huh. the sides over uh-huh. here, and I Wings. tried trimming those. But you know what? As long as you're asking, I'll tell you. I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you an honest truth, which is that I have always been um, curious and a little envious about your ability to cut your own hair. And yeah. I had you top of mind, uh, to be candid. And I thought, you know what? Huh. I want to be like John Roderick in, in this one way. Right. I hear that a lot. And uh, yes, yes. And, uh, and I want to be able to cut my own hair. And, and I, you know what? I'm willing to, to throw myself upon the, the levers and, and the gears. Sometimes the system is so sick that you have to learn how to cut your own hair. And I'm willing to make a grotesquery of myself for several uh, bad haircuts. And I figure I'll eventually learn. And, and also I there's YouTube. I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. You'll you'll eventually learn there are a few things that you need to remember. Um, always cut with the scissors parallel to the side of your head. Always cut. So, so never take the scissors horizontal. and do it. Keep it exactly horizontal. No, 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 no. So if you're if you're cutting, let's say you're cutting the the hair over your ear like a on the mold. side. Okay, I got it. You, you, the, the tips of the scissors should be pointing straight up into the sky, right? You're Whoa. cutting along the side of your hair, not across. Whoa. Okay. Don't cut across the grain. Cut up across the cut. So the hair, you pull the hair out from the side of the head, and then you cut up. Whoa. Yeah. So, so what happens then is that when the hair falls back down, it layers over itself, and there's, uh-huh. not, there's not that straight line where you cut a all across a bunch of hairs. Mm-hmm. 
So you cut, and then when you get up around the top of your head, same thing. You pull the hair up and cut across the top of your head, but at the top, right? You're so doing you're all like, this with scissors. You're not even using clippers. No, you you you, you, you got to do scissors because um, clippers, you know, lulls you into a. I mean, you go. I think you, that's. I think that's exactly it. I think I have this fantasy that Judy's been cutting my hair with the two and a half on the side for so long. I look at that and I go, "That doesn't look that hard. It's basically like a floby." Hey, how how bad could I wreck this? Yeah, but it's a it lulls you into a false sense of security. Yeah, you think you I should just wear a hat though for now? No, no, no. I think you should go for it. I think you, so. What you do? You get your hair a little wet. You pull it out on the sides. You give yourself that Joker look where you 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 pulled it out a little bit twisted, and it's sticking out. <laughs> You look like uh, the guy in Firestarter. The, 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 <laughs> Firestarter. <that> <laughs> I love that guy. I'm fierce. Uh-huh. And then you see that it's all sticking out. You look like a prickly porcupine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the idea that at least I follow is from the, uh, from the, the top of the sideburn there, you know, from where your hair meets your face, you want it to be the closest there and then kind of go up in a wedge. And I'm not talking about like a, like a okay Karen, like mom wedge. Mm-hmm. The mom but, you know, cut, you, wa- yeah. you want it to be, you want it to go kind of up and out, up and out. Hmm. So you're not cutting straight across the side of your head because you're not in the Marine Corps. Mm-mm. You want it to go up and out a little bit, you know, like, hmm. like close by the ear and then you kind of go and you're cutting up you're cutting with the scissors facing up and you're just kind of cutting out a little bit just like zoop zoop and then the the trick is you know as you go further back where you can't see mm-hmm. then you kind of got to you got to fly by wire. I'm going to be playing this. I'm going to be playing this uh, over my boombox later, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try this. I'm going I'm to get the scissors. I'm going to get wet. I'm going to become a fire starter. By the way, the fire starter guy, I like to imagine that he's approximately two and a half feet tall. Wouldn't that be adorable? <laughs> he's so mad, and he's so little. He's starting fires. I think he... I think he... <laughs> <coughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Keeps. You can learn more about Keeps right now by visiting keeps.com slash supertrain. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription, but now thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and they deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Prevention is key. Keeps treatments can take up to four to six months or more to see results, so it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps' treatments start at just $10 per month, plus for a limited time, you can get your first month free. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps.com supertrain. To receive your first month of treatment for free, that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Keeps for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. I think he just passed not too long ago. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know why I would know that, but I do feel you follow like the trades. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I feel like he passed and um and it was, you know, it's another it's another example of a um of a situation where you know, you think somebody's got it all. 
<laughs> he started so many fires. <laughs> you think somebody yeah. has got it all. And that doesn't mean you're a pyromaniac. Up. Okay, just to be clear, I think pyromania, you know, the serenade is a fire brigade. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Globen. Yeah. Um, ah. um, ah. It's better to yes. burn out then fade away. I think it's important to distinguish. All right. I think pyromania implies an antisocial, psychosocial sex sex component to Mm -hmm. it. And if you're a fire starter, maybe you're just very helpful. Maybe you're more like a scout. You just like people start fires. So we're talking about Keith Flint. Okay. Keith Flint is almost exactly one year younger than me, and he died last year. At the age of fifty, or uh, or close to the age of fifty, forty nine, and uh, apparently he was a motorcycle racer also. Hmm. Um, let's see. You know all this right off the dome, huh? It's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. He dated uh, television presenter Gail Porter. Gail Porter from England. Yeah. You're talking about the lady who presents on TV. Yeah, that's right, from England. Huh. And apparently he uh, he he bought a pub. And uh, he kept a jar on the on the counter where you were. Uh, if a customer came in and made a fire starter joke, they had to put a pound in the in the. A pound of what? A pound. Uh, oh, like an a, English money. Like, a, like an English money. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, and <laughs> then funny I if guess, somebody puts put like <laughs> in their pocket and just put some bologna in there or something. Just put a pound of ground beef. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I think that. Uh, yeah, I that think sucks. that is. I think his death was not a uh, not a not a, a joyful one. Well, was he ill? No, I believe that he, he committed suicide. Oh God! Oh, you got to cut all this out, John. Well, I know it's hard. You know, it's that it's, sucks. Uh, it's hard when it happens. Yeah, everything's difficult. Yeah, things are difficult, and who knows? The thing about somebody like Keith Flint, you know, when he was a when he was a big star. Uh, let's see when it, th- this was, um, It'll be the nineties, I believe this was the nineties. You know, I was trying very hard to be a, uh, rock musician at the time. Mm. And so, uh, everyone that was, everyone that made it, you know, that was a big rock star. I was just, I was searching what they were doing and, mm-hmm. and just like very confused about why some things were popular and other things weren't. Although I knew that there was a reason my stuff wasn't because my stuff wasn't. This is back when you were difficult, right? right? This was when I was very difficult. Yeah. Um, but you know, I remember thinking at the time still, even in my late twenties, that if you could get to that level, you were, you had it made, you know, you had no more problems. You were just riding around in a blimp, you know, uh-huh. with all your, with, with all your gold your plated house and your rocket car. Yeah, exactly. And I'd heard the MC hammer, you know, saga. I knew that you, you could screw up <laughs> if you if you hired every yeah. every. Well, that was because had. of his generosity. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, he was a sweet man, a and nice he just man. didn't mm-hmm. didn't put his money in uh, away. He gave it to the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I knew I wasn't going to do that. Nope. And so Keith Flint was one of those guys right up there in the right up there in the pantheon uh, of uh, of people that had made it. Even though, you know, I think that the other guy in Prodigy wrote all the songs. Oh. Well, you know, but you're there, and it's like uh, the producer's asking the musical question, what's he got that I ain't got, right? What's he He got got that I ain't got? got. 
got you. He got you. That's what he's got. So yeah, it was Liam Paul Paris Howlett. That's not a name. Who wrote all the songs. That's... That, that, got, that's an that's the English version of a random number generator. I Say know. it again. <laughs> Liam Paul Paris Howlett von <laughs> Stinkeldorfen. <laughs> Pretender um, to the throne of Alsace-Lorraine. And he's younger. He's born in 1971. And oh. I, I remember very distinctly after uh, after Flint got uh, got to be the star of The Prodigy, Liam Howlett always had a sour look on his face. Because he was the genius, and oh, he was mad. Sure. He was okay. mad that Keith was like the front man now. All of a sudden, because he was like, no, 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 no. He was just doing, He was like more of the dancer. You know, it's the way the, the way He's that the McCartney best. talks about, like, hey, I took LSD. I was the crazy one. Um, I'll talk about whatever you want, but can we attempt an exercise really quick? Of course. Here's the exercise I would like to try. I'm. This is in no way meant to be critical or dismissive of anyone nor their talents, but I'm going to hypothesize. Okay. Through it's my, my favorite own... thing that you do. Why? Well, well, I'm very, sci- I'm like, you know, our band is scientist rock, like I always say. And, and so what, what I'm saying is like from my POV as somebody living in Florida who wasn't very bright, it has occurred to me that sometimes a band or artist gets popular because they have a bit. Yeah. And more to that you even if it is a a band that has a more long-lived career than a song, one song or one album there can as you're saying here you've got somebody like uh, Dorfberg von Ribbentrop on mm-hmm. Porksack or whoever mm-hmm. who's the actual mm-hmm. genius of the band but then you got somebody else uh, 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 that's the one who got the bit uh, he had the bit he had the little bit and now I'm going to say off the dome, and I would like for you to participate. Can we think of examples of this? I'm going to say we talk about use that. I don't love that phrase, one hit wonder. But you look at something like the band Jackal. Okay, do you remember Jackal. the band Jackal? Yeah, of now course. just because now Jackal was well, well, not they weren't well anything. Jackal had a song that featured. <laughs> I can't even say the words. Jackal was a band. And they had a song, a single, I want to say, that involved a chainsaw solo. Oh, really? Oh, I don't remember the chainsaw solo. And by, it, says here that, it says here that their debut sold a million copies. How's that make you feel? Not very good. Not great. Not great, no. Bob. Chainsaw solo. Well, if think about think about the sound of a chainsaw and revving it. <laughs> Do you hear it? You're basically... John, you're bending a fifth. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so now, here's, there are many, I'm not going to look at the internet for this. There are many things about Jackal that I do not know. I do not know, for example, if all of their songs have a chainsaw <laughs> on it, but a part of me thinks that if they want to keep showing up, first of all, it sucks. Everybody's there to hear the chainsaw song. Right, right, right. Right? Like, play the chainsaw song. And so what do you want to not do? What you want to not do is spend 38 minutes as the first of three bands playing all your chainsaw material, and then you right. get to, what, what's it called? Hot on Your Heels, Right Out of Hell? What's the name of their, uh, of their hit? Uh, their their best-known song is The Lumberjack. <laughs> That's right, The Lumberjack. <laughs> yeah, oh, the Lumberjack. wow. Wow. But then they have, uh, they have other hit songs called Down On Me. <laughs> And then when will it rain? Oh, 
<laughs> so anyway, I'm not going to look it up, but the mind, the mind does, you know, cast around. You get into one of those, like one of the classics, like, you know, like the in-studio uh, arguing with the trogs, you know, I know it bloody well needs strings, that kind of thing. Uh, and so, so you ask yourself, well, did they have chainsaw on all the songs? Did they use different motor instruments? Did they use the titular lawnmower sometimes? Oh, the smartest one would be in, on their follow-up record to have the solo be a chainsaw that wouldn't start. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Just turning over, trying to turn over a car engine on an old Dodge Swinger. So anyway, what I thought we could do, if you want to do the exercise, I'll talk about whatever you want. I sure. thought maybe we could talk about some of these instances. We could interrogate this a little bit and try to unearth uh, situations where some, there is a bit in the band. And were there occasions where the person who had the bit was maybe not actually the musical genius behind the greatness? I'll give you another freebie, Jamiroquai. What do you know about Jamiroquai? Uh, he had the, the hat. The hat. He's the genius. He's the singer. He's okay. the whole thing. Now, is he the titular Jamiroquai? Is his name Jamiroquai? No. Okay. Jamiroquai is... Is it somebody is else? Is it like a Zumpano thing no, where you name it port, after the drummer? Is the drummer named Jamiroquai? No, it's a portmanteau. Oh. Uh, it's a, It's got jam in it. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, it's like Iroquois. a Stankonia kind of thing. Yeah, Jamiroquai. Okay. Oh, it's like the Native American tribe. Yeah, he's okay. a he's a jam and Iroquois. Okay, okay. Or an Iroquois. But no, that guy, apparently that guy, the jam Iroquois guy, JK. Uh-huh. His name is JK. Just, just kidding. JK. Uh JK is like some kind of hot rod car uh aficionado. Interesting. He, he really, really likes um he really likes hot rods. Uh-huh. That's an example. I mean not hot rods, but like uh like sports. You know, like UK Sport people. racing. Like a, like, a, like a Paul Newman. People yeah, say Paul like, Newman like a, enjoyed acting, but it's really his wife and racing that he loved. He loved his wife and racing in that order. Hmm. Uh, Jam Maricoy is like is one of those bands, and this is a whole separate topic. Okay. Bands that are really big in England that Americans don't care about. Well, like the, like, and, like like the Kinks or the Move. Uh, yeah, or Oasis. <laughs> oh boy, put them on the list. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, anyway, so here, let me just tell you this. Uh, I got a feeling K- you're looking at the internet. I just have a yeah, feeling. Yeah. Okay. JK was influenced by Native American and First Nation peoples. Now, we wouldn't allow this now. Well, this yeah, I be, mean, I think, yeah, well, yeah, good good for him. Um, this would be, no, this would be uh, appropriate. You mean like, 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 well, I'm not even going to make the noise. But he wasn't wearing a headdress or anything like that. Right? Uh, he was, in fact. If you, oh, look at the, if you look at the logo of Philippe the band. Philippe from the village people can pull that off. Everybody else needs to put it down. He he's wearing a um he's wearing a hat in the in the band's logo where he has like a buffalo horns, huh? And he says, "Jam I was just kidding when I said this, but he it's literally says here it's a portmanteau of the word jam and the Native American Confederacy, the Iroquois. So it really but is. You're not you're not just kidding. He's just kidding. He's J.K. Right? I don't think he was just kidding. I think I'm he so was so confused. So maybe he's in the uh, order of water buffalo. Maybe he's the Grand Poobah. I don't think he is. Okay. I think he just is a guy that wore big hats, but he really likes uh, he really likes cars, and I don't think anyone in America cares about Jim. If you America. go to his apartment, don't put your backpack down. That's all I'm going to say about that. Did you know I have a, st- I have a chainsaw solo story? I do. Uh, I did I, I not, really did. and I don't. I would love to hear that. So when I first came to Seattle, it was fall of 1990, and I was just like, I was 
crashing on people's couches for a while. Uh, this guy, Brian, let me live in a, in his mom's Volkswagen bus in their carport. This was the first time I lived in a carport. Not the second time <laughs> I lived in that Ford Aerostar, but the first time uh, I lived in a I'm, li- I'm living outside in your <laughs> carport. <laughs> I didn't have the money, obviously. At the time, I did not. And this Volkswagen <laughs> bus also, I think it might have run. Brian's mom wouldn't let me live there. I lived there for about three weeks, and then she was like, you can't keep living in my carport. <laughs> and then for a while, I went and lived. My, my great aunt, Marguerite, <laughs> whom we called Tutu. Uh-huh. Oh, Tutu, see, Aberdabber had died. Aberdabber okay. was her husband. Okay. Uh, great uncle Al. Or Gaga, as he was referred to by everybody else in the family. I but I didn't. This. I, I, I mean, be writing this down. <laughs> I called him Gaga, but in fact, okay. In fact, my my name for him was Aberdabber, and uh, no one else called him Aberdabber until he became Aberdabber by sheer force of me calling him Aberdabber. You will do. Aberdabber had died, and uh, and he and Tutu had. Uh, they lived in an old folks' home called the Exeter downtown in Seattle, which is one of those grand old 1890s brick buildings. And what you did was you actually bought an apartment in the old folks home and they had like, you know, usual old folks home stuff, but it was, oh, that's it, cool. Like a nice. tendency in common almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. Uh, but it was, they had like a, like a three bedroom apartment or something in this place. Really nice. Um, old school, right? I don't even think a thing like that if it existed today, it would cost you $30,000 a month. But at the time, right, it was right, like, right. oh, we sold our house and we bought this apartment in the Exeter. And now they, they give us Jello every day. Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, it was a nice place. And I, and I actually said to – and she was 90, you know. And I was like, can I stay here with you? And she said, I guess so. Uh, but of the, of the bedrooms in the house, I guess after Aberdeber died, they – Sold. I'm not laughing at Everdabber's death. It's just such an adorable no. name. They sold maybe one or even two of the bedrooms, and the building was configured in such a way that that you could actually sell off one of the bedrooms to the apartment next door, and they would just move the wall, kind of thing. Oh, I mean, really, Liz Lemon did that on Thirty Rock, I think. Yeah, pretty nice. It sounds thing. like a very New York kind of thing to do. It was small. It was small at that point, and I ended up sleeping in her in her walk-in closet in the hall, like on top of her shoes. And then she was like, you can't stay here either. So I moved out to the U District. This is kind of how I got how I got my start in the music scene. I was crashing on the floor at my friend Eric's house. And uh, and then in the morning, you know, everybody – it was one of those group houses where the six people lived. And in the morning, they would all get up and go to work. And then I would just kind of – go around and and scrape the resin out of all of their bongs and mm-hmm. pipes. That's nice of you to help with that. You know, I was just trying to keep... You just got to pitch in with the housework. So, so, yeah, it's just yeah. like, hey, your stuff was really dirty, so I cleaned it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the phone rang, and it was this guy that was like, hey, is Eric there? And I was like, no, Eric's not there. And he said, Who, who's this? And I was like, oh, I'm Eric's friend from Alaska, John. And he was like, oh, well, look, you know, we need uh, we need security at the show tonight. And uh, I'm calling around. Can you like, have you ever like work security or whatever? And I was like, sure, all the time. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? It's my number one thing. Security is your middle name. <laughs> and he said, all right, you know, be at the OK Hotel at eight o'clock or something. And I was like, OK, I don't know what that is, but I'll see you then. 
and I took like three buses downtown and asking every asking every punker that <laughs> hey, I mister. saw, like, where's the OK Hotel? And they were like, keep going down in Pioneer Square. And I made it down there, and it was a big show, and it was Agent Orange. Whoa, was playing at the at the OK Hotel. First time I'd been there. This is you know November, I guess, of 1990. Wow. And uh, and got in there, and you know I was big, and I was young and big, and so they were like, okay, you're, and this was a job that 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 they used to have at rock shows, which was guys that actually crouched on stage mm-hmm. with their hands on the monitors and anybody that tried to get up on the stage, you pushed them back down. You're like a ball boy at Wimbledon, but for people, but for people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and there were other security in the venue all over the place, but your job was just yeah, to be yeah. right on stage with the band and anybody people that got were up, doing uh, stage diving and past the dude. They were doing stage diving. They were doing past the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the stage at the okay hotel was, was low enough that it would the barrier to entry was not that hard, mm-hmm. and I had not you know I'd been to punk rock shows uh, in Alaska and in Spokane, but I had never been in the music business, <laughs> right. you know, like on the stage. Like it felt it felt really like a big deal, you sure. know. Sure, sure. And I and I knew Agent Orange like I was. Familiar. Yeah, they were. They, I mean, that was not the height of their powers, but like that's still a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was I a think of super... them as like a SoCal early '80s punk band. That's exactly. They did like a surfy, a fast surfy band, right? Yeah, but they were also melodic. You they know? did. Uh, they did that cover of Pipeline. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But they, you know, their records are listenable. You know, like a lot yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. a lot of that uh, SoCal stuff. Yeah, yeah, take it or leave it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, but I've, I think I've, the germs are pretty I've overrated been... between you and me. Oh boy. Shh. Oh no no no! Oh no no! Now I'm gonna. Oh god! I'm canceled. I get in so much trouble for that. I love shit. the Go Go's. Um, I like yeah. I like Pat Smear's work late. with um with the you know the the fellow from the other band. Yeah, sure, he was good in that. Oh band. great! Now oh, what about Chris Novoselic? <laughs> no, yeah, Chris Novoselic. I got in big trouble for that the other day. I came to his rescue and oh no oh no no, no 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 here put right. on this headdress quick. No time to argue. People piled on, and I was like, I don't. Hey, man, look. Hey, I just. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know he was a libertarian. Please leave me alone. Please, please. I just. I just anyway, live? I just want to live. <laughs> I just want to live. But so they get up on stage <clears throat> and they're doing their rock show, and people are flying through the air. And me being on stage is absolutely not keeping them from playing past the dude. It's not keeping them from. I mean, I'm just basically like. As I'm holding the one guy off the stage, two other guys are using me to climb like Hydra. up the stage. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, you know, and it's, but it's, but it's punk rock. So it's fun. You know, yeah. like I'm getting the shit kicked out of me and I'm having fun and guy get up on the stage and I'd grab him and throw him into the crowd. And it was like, yeah, that's the whole, this is the game. And really early on in the set, the singer, um, Bobby orange, Bobby orange, uh, pulled out from behind the stage a chainsaw. Oh, I'm going to say what we always used to say to my daughter. That's not very safe. It was not. And he started it up, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> on a fairly low stage, crowded punk rock show, let's have an internal combustion chainsaw Yeah, in the and bar. And it was a big, you know, it was a big chainsaw. And the thing about a chainsaw is it's a, it's a two cycle motor and it's just burning. Oil, it puts off a lot know? of, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not smoke probably, but fumes. 
yeah, exhaust, I guess, correctly. Exhaust. Just yeah. just pure pollution. So as he, as soon as he gets this thing started, oh, you immediately realize that this is not a thing to do inside. <laughs> I know. No. The no. room just like fills up. Bobby, with... can you put down the chainsaw? And the thing is, the chainsaw exhaust is, you know, there's no muffler on it, right? It just shoots right out the back. So as he's holding it up, it's just shooting oily exhaust right right on the crowd, right in their faces. Oh, my God. And he's, and it was very impressive. Yeah. And then. Certainly surprising, I have to imagine. Whatever happened, I don't know. I wasn't, my eyes weren't on him at that very moment, but he got his finger caught in it or something. And it totally like, like really fucked up his hand. You're kidding me. With the cutting part? Well, see, I don't even, I'm not 100% sure whether he even had a chain on it. Oh, you know, it was I there see. for this big effect. I think if you're going to get up on stage in a, at a Pacific Northwest venue at that point in time and not have a chain on your chainsaw, people would boo you off the stage. So it has to have had some. You would instantly lose all credibility, especially oh, amongst yeah. the, the lumberjack community. Yeah. What do you have up to here imagine? Where, that's the thing. Tad was basically billed as a lumberjack, hmm. even though he was a sensitive poet. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, but so, so this is pretty early on in the set and this whole chainsaw gag hadn't even really played out yet. It wasn't clear what, what was going to happen with it. He just started it up, revved it a bunch of times and then he like dropped it, grabbed his hand and ran off the stage. <clears throat> really? And, uh, yeah. And the music stopped. And is it, does it have a dead man switch where if you let it go, it turns off? Hmm, interesting. It might have sat there and idled. <laughs> Spin, spinning in a circle like Curly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember because I was like, you know, still really engaged in keeping this. I was going to say, is there a Roderick shaped hole in the wall? <laughs> There's like, you know, this like 600 capacity uh, venue with 800 people in it. Oh God. And I'm so new, you know, I'm, I'm sure. 20, 21. I don't, this is all new to me. He runs off stage. He's back there for a little bit. And then, you know, and the band kind of put their instruments down and go back. And and uh, then somebody comes out and they're like, sorry, everybody. Show's canceled. And um, thankfully, it the, it the place didn't devolve into a riot. You know, it was kind of obvious what had happened. Yeah, It's not like anybody had a tantrum. The guy cut his hand with a chainsaw. And so the lights came up and everybody left. And Do you remember how I much was, you got paid? 20 bucks you know and i was out on the street with all like the whole uh, you got to see uh, agent orange for free got to see a little bit of agent orange got i got my foot in the door in the music community and then afterwards like milling around outside i was like hey you know where's the where's everybody going you know followed Mm -hmm. some group of people to a party um so and that and thus began my life wow that's crazy 1990 you think 1990 Fall of 1990 is uh, is is my is my uh, recollection of that. I'm gonna say, you know, when uh, when the long winters, when we put out um, our second record, uh, when I pretend to fall, that is the name of the record. It's a very good album. During Best sequencing that, out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. That thank you. That's nice of you to say. Uh-huh. Um, during that period. Sean Nelson started to wear a top hat. I don't know if you ever saw us. I've seen the, during... uh, the the early photos for the, I think the pretend to fall photos. He's wearing, 
you all have funny hats. I feel like Eric's wearing like an aviator helmet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have like some kind of like uh, <laughs> Panama child molester hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't remember exactly. It was very colorful. You're wearing like a blue shirt, very orangey. I might be concatenating. Yeah, but very much Sean. But Sean had like like a jokey, not like a Lincoln top hat, but more like a Captain Beefheart top hat. Yeah, that's what it was. He it was it was somewhere between. It wasn't a Tom Petty top hat. It was a Captain Captain Beefheart. That's mm-hmm. precisely. Right. And uh, there was a little bit there where, like the rest of us, abandoned those hats immediately after the photo shoot. <laughs> the hat I was wearing actually belonged to Sean's grandfather. That's cool. What would you Eric, have a name for him? Sean's grandfather was it like Abba Dabba or Ziba. Yeah, I didn't have a name for him. No, Sean probably did. It was probably Admiral or something. Uh, Admiral Uh, Peepaw. Admiral 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 Peepaw. Uh, But like the other hats belonged to me. But but we all abandoned that that thing pretty fast. But Sean kept wearing the top hat. I can totally see that. And it really felt like it was gonna maybe turn into a thing. I've thought about this a lot. If I had written, if I'd given Sean one song to sing. Like if, if every record lead, I uh, lead, oh, if uh, like a lead vocal. Yeah. Like if every record I, I, I wrote a song just for him, mm-hmm. like, you know, for like him to take the lead on, I could have absolutely seen. And probably one of the reasons I didn't do it is that that song would, he would make it a hit. And then we would, the long winners would have been a band where Sean. <gasps> was oh my God. So him. he becomes, he's the fire starter. He's the fire starter. And then everybody's like, it's the guy from Harvey Danger. He's got a new band and it's amazing. Hey, no, no, no. I'm right. No, 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 Bring the camera band. back over here. And <laughs> people come to the shows and then uh-huh. I'm up there singing for an hour and they're like, boo. Bring on the guy with the hat. <laughs> Nobody cares about your blue diamonds. Boo. Asshole. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've actually thought, I've thought, I've thought back at it and thought, why didn't I just have Sean be the singer? I just write all the songs and play lead guitar. Uh huh. It's too late now. I should have actually. Ah, I should, you know, should I mean, have. the the night is young. I should have had a girl be the singer. Actually, I should have written all all my songs in a in a female voice and had like a. Had you lost your Stephanie me, window, so. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm going to give you. Uh, I'd love to hear more if you have more, but I also want to give you the exception that proves the rule. Um, very long story short, um, I made reference uh, to the Canadian singer Jane Child on a podcast a while back that caused me to need to do a little bit of research on her. What yeah. do you remember about Jane Child? She had the nose ring that attached to her earring and a very oh. wild haircut. Do you remember Jane Child? Sure, sure. Of course I do. Okay. Yeah, that, now, was, that was startling at the time. Now, a, a careless person like me would, oh my God, please go look her up. She had really, really quite a look. Careless person like me, like me, who's let's be honest, probably uh, being a little bit of an asshole, would have gone, "Ha!" Huh! The Canadian singer Jane Child. I bet she's the product of some kind of mill where they make interesting people. Oh, and, I see. But, <clears throat> no, but, I remember uh, this. I remember this haircut. And she I had wanna the, uh, fall in love. But she had the she had the like uh, cornrow braids with uh-huh. the spiky top hat hair. But Ugh. boy, could I ever, uh, I could not have been more wrong. Oh, she's wonder. a true auteur? Well, she did it all. I think she wrote, um, she wrote, sang, played all but one instrument, and produced it. She did it, she you basically know, did a Rundgren. Interestingly, like Amy Mann, who, when she oh, arrived on the scene. Who also looks a little like a beautiful seabird. 
Yeah, and <clears throat> when Amy arrived on the scene, there was a lot of haircut about her, right? Like, oh my <laughs> god, I totally forgot this. Yes, yeah. she had the she had the 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 tail, right? She had the rat tail, and also very spiky. Her boyfriend platinum. made her hide the tail. Remember? Mm-hmm. He did because he was. Um, and then, and then she said, "Shut up, go God! Can't you keep it down?" And then yeah. out comes all the hair. I remember that. That was 1985. She said, "Shut up." Oh, oh God, can't you? She must love now. Now you talk about putting a pound of meat in a jar. Woof. I bet she gets pretty fucking sick of that. What? Oh, that's the all? The voice is Gary references. Oh, probably. I mean, she was, I mean, I was in high school when that song came out. I know. It was a big song. It was a huge song. Put her on the map. Yeah. Was it lowercase be- till Tuesday? Was it, I feel like it was lowercase. Lowercase. That's a very yeah. Spotify kind of thing to do. Do what? Oh, put your. Oh, I don't know if you look at Spotify, but Spotify, I can tell when I get my. Um, the, the, see, now this is going to sound terrible too, but when I get my release radar or I get my Discover Weekly, if it's a band where the name is just a bunch of letters with unconventional capitalization, spacing, and punctuation. Yeah. It'll just say like blurb zap waxer and it's like one yeah. word or whatever. I'm like, hmm. I got a pretty good idea. This is going to be um, like I don't know, white 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 guy trap music or something. Oh, white guy trap music. Well, you know <laughs> what I mean, like shirtless DJ music, that kind of thing. Yeah, I always think of it as Euro trash, but yeah. Yeah, no, that yeah. works too. That works too. Yeah. But anyway, I would like to take this opportunity. I'm gonna throw it back to you. I want to take this opportunity to apologize to Jane Child and really all of Canada. I was listening to Canadian music just this morning, right before we started recording, and I would like you to like- apologize to Jane Child and to Canada. You like a lot of uh, you like Love a lot of Canadian, Canadian music. music. It, I really feel like it is. It has a distinctive Canadian feel. First of all, uh, if you're in Canada and you're a woman, you're allowed to be in a band and make music, which is cool. That's oh, only a recent thing here. Interesting. You take a band like um, like the band uh, that did the titular did wrote the song Scott Pilgrim. The 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 became the name of the comic in the movie. They're called Plum Tree. Plum hmm. Tree. And they're absolutely delightful. They would fit right in. Well, I guess they were a 90s band, now that I think of it. But there's bands like that. I was just listening to this, listening to this wonderful band, Stars, that I really like a lot. I was listening to what else? Yeah, I like a Canadian band. Oh, you know what I was listening to? Um, a song that's featured in um, this my favorite episode of Letterkenny, one of my favorite episodes of Letterkenny. Um, anyway, another Canadian band. Canadian bands are weird. I really like them a lot. I know I get a rap as being the guy who likes Sloan, which is fair, because I do. But me and Eric Corson and nobody else. But I'm just saying. Hmm. Jane Child, I'm really sorry. I, I blew it. I blew it. Category error. Screwed the pooch. Got any others? Uh uh no, I don't think I don't think you blew it. I feel like the uh the, the earring to nose ring thing is a uh, I think that is an, uh, a style that comes from India. And um, the Indian or the, the Indian subcontinent, like uh, maybe maybe the maybe the sort yeah. of Thai Indian yeah, 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 I zone. Get you. I get you. And yeah. uh, it's like a white girl wearing a bindi. Oh boy! And I think these days we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be too thrilled about that either. That that seems <sighs> like co- cultural co-optation. So I'm afraid that that your initial uh, criticism of Jane Child is going to stand. And Jane Child's canceled retroactively. Courts adjourned. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your yep. adjudication. Uh, zombies yep. had, had guys with glasses. They all dressed the same, but they had eyeglasses. I always thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I, I feel like that was that could have been that could have been my look too. Mm-hmm. And like at uh, least two or three of the guys in the band, band clearly had very receding hairlines, and and did that uh, that hipster comb forward thing to cover it up. 
This is the zombies. The zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's the uh, that's the whole thing about the about the the George Clooney haircut. You know the the yeah. the um, or the Affleck. The, well, the Affleck's not even a haircut, right? No, that's just a bunch of hair. That's somebody else's hair. He seems to just keep dropping in estimation, don't you think? A little bit. Who Ben Affleck? I haven't thought of him in years. Really? It's only no. when I bring it up. George Clooney, though, I think about a lot. And you know, you know who? Uh, because I watch movies now for a living. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm forced to confront uh, things it's like, a um, you know, somebody had to do it. No, you're like, the, you're like the Flintstones bird. We 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 put the beak down on the record to play. It. <laughs> it's a living. I uh, I uh, I'm I'm forced to uh, think about things like uh, Kevin Costner and um, who's the Australian one? Mel Gibson. Uh, no, the other one. Oh, um, uh, an Australian actor. He was, well, he was married oh, to oh, the oh, one. Uh, he was uh, Paul to Hogan. The girl. Nope, the Mar- other one. Married to whom? He was married to the to the the lady. The um, okay. Or, uh, the Australian he, guy is married to a lady. Yeah, from Australian the thing. Lady. Talking about the guy from the thing, that movie. No, 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 different okay. one, different okay. one. Uh, the other, but it's the other one. It's the not one, Paul Verhoeven because um, he's he's from Dutch. Right. Nope. Not him. Okay. okay. Uh, it's, it's not George one. Miller because he's a director, not an actor. Right. And it's not Toe nope. Cutter because that's a character, not a movie. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, Danny Glover. He was in a movie with Mel Gibson, who's from Australia. He is not from Australia, though. Danny he's getting Glover. too old for this shit. If memory serves. He was even then. He was he's even. Th- remember, he's, he's sitting on the toilet and the thing all falls down. I was on an airplane with him one time. Huh. Yeah. I bet he's cool. I don't know. I mean, I said, hey, I said, hey, hey, nice to, nice to meet you. And he's like, the yeah. episode great. where we damn Danny Glover with faint praise. Don't know. I mean, he, you know, he, could, could have been nicer. Could have been nicer. He was fine. He was Whatever. fine. He didn't, uh, he didn't like high five. You ever been on a plane with Billy Crystal? What, what's he like? No. Never, I bet he's cool. Never been. I hmm. imagine he's amazing. I bet he's, you know who's funny is Martin Short. He's from Canada. He's That's very, right. very funny. But you know what wasn't funny? SCTV. What's that? Okay, um, did you ever figure out who the Australian is? <laughs> the guy, the one. Okay. He's like the big one. Talk about the one who's married, married to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's from Austria. I don't think he's married anymore, although mm, I might be wrong. He was married to, uh, to a, 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 a blood Kennedy. Not a he blood Kennedy, th- but an in-law Kennedy, I think. He used to throw telephones. Throw this telephones. One, the one I'm thinking about. The one I'm thinking about was a telephone thrower. Telephone. Oh, 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 wait. I got uh, Russell Crowe. Yay, that's it. So, so I'm, I bet so he's I'm, nicer than he seems. Like Christian Bale, I bet he got a bad rap. Christian Bale did get a bad rap. He got a terrible rap. That was so I, uh, unfair what, what happened to him. I for sure, um, I for sure just, uh, just recently watched a uh, movie where uh, Russell Crowe was famously difficult. And then when I learned more about the movie, mm-hmm. I realized... That he was the only sane person on the set. LA Confidential? And, and this really, really, really oh, gave what me. What movie? What movie? Well, it's just, it's, it's just a movie. I mean, you know, I watch movies for a living, so I can't just give this. Oh, I see. Stuff I see. But it's free. a forthcoming movie, so it's a movie of war. And he is the. Hey, you know what's weird? Hmm. Isn't well, Guy Pierce Australian? No. What's Guy Pierce? He's, some kind he's of in Priscilla, the Priscilla, Priscilla Desert. He's in Priscilla Desert. I think he's Australian. Guy, Guy Pierce. It's Pierce. like it's like uh, like uh, peace, like give peace a chance with an R, R R like uh, transmission. Oh, uh, Pierce. Yeah, he's. Uh, oh, it says he's British Australian. So we were both right. 
Well, we were both right. You get that, compared to him a lot, don't you, Brad? Brad, your guy, Pierce, Brad, Brad, Brad Pierce. Brad Bird. Yeah, I wish. I, w- you, I used to you, get compared you, to Michael you, Palin a lot when I was younger and, and less. You uh, look more. You look a lot more like Guy Pierce than you do Michael Palin. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. But here's what I'm here to tell you about. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get this out of the way. James Cromwell, American. Uh, Kim Basinger, American. But Guy Pierce and uh, and uh, Russell Crowe, totes Australian. Yeah. Two of the leads in LA Confidential with American accents. Oh, here's another one. You ready for this? Yeah. Is that why you're going to be an Australian? No, I'm going to say that Guy Pierce uh-huh. is mar- is married to Carice Van Houten, uh, the uh, Dutch actress, mom? the Dutch actress most famous for playing the Red Witch on Game of Thrones. Who, what? Who follows me on Twitter? What? And is like the one, my... the one who worked for uh, Stannis. Yeah. Not worked for. Stannis was working for her. Oh, uh, you know what? Colla- they collaborated though, and you got the little girl with the face. That was sad. God, that yeah, was sad. It was pretty sad. It was sad. But he made that's... that one guy mad. What was that one guy's name? Is he the Onion Knight? What's his name? Who's the guy? The other one. Yeah, the Onion Knight. The Onion Man. Yeah, Onion mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. Onion Man. Daddy onion was a man. man, but he was an onion. Reese Van Houten. Van Houten, I always think of. It's either going to be. The Manson family. Well, I bet you the Simpsons got the name from the Manson family. I always thought Leslie Van Houten was a baller name. It's a great name. So this is like the, Red, some... the Red Witch follows you on the internet? She did a long time ago, and the reason I knew huh. it was that Sean Nelson sometime in, I don't know, 2010 sent me a text, and he was like, that's real great that Carice Van Houten follows you on the internet. I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I said thank you for your message <laughs> I said what's a Carice Van Houten and he was like she's an, she's an actor she's an Did actor you do it, Sam jumping up and down with his tiny feet Ooh. <laughs> it was it was apparently during a phase when when uh, when we were all uh, uh, and by we I mean Sean mm-hmm. uh, watching who was following whom as a, uh, as, a sure. uh, as a sport <laughs> yeah like a, because it, you know in the early days of uh, of the uh, of the twitter it wasn't clear any day you know you might turn around and all of a sudden you've got a million followers it wasn't clear like yeah. who's why are you going to get followers are you going to get followers because you're good are you going to get followers cuz you're all cuz you're famous are you going to get followers cuz you're weird and so i think at that point in time Sean was still like waiting for the moment where he was suddenly going to have 200,000 followers for no reason. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so he was clearly like seeing who was following me Oh boy, I like Sean. in order to like, you know, in order to send me that text and be mad. But then when I realized who it was, because she's in some very good war movies. Okay, fine. Going on the internet. And, and, uh, what's, what's, what's the actress's name? Carice. Van Houten. Okay. She's from uh, Leiderdorp. Oh, sure. Sure, 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 sure. Oh, and she's uh, friends with uh, Paul Verhoeven. He's from Dutch. Who put her in some TV or some movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Dutch. Yep. He did did, uh, Robocop. Yeah, oh, yeah. He came over to America because uh, he wanted to, he he, he wanted to get the, get the money, you know. Hmm. He's got to make that paper. I can't find it. I have no idea how to spell Guy her name. Pierce had uh, they had a they had a kid together recently. That's that's lovely. That's wonderful. That's cool. Anyway, so I started following her because you know mm-hmm. if you're gonna sure. follow me, I'll follow you. If you're if you're mm-hmm. the Genesis song. Mm-hmm. 
And I uh, and uh, I really like her. She's nice. That's nice. But we we covered we watched her film Black Book for uh, two friendly. words. Black Book. You're obviously two. not going to spell this for me, so I'm going to have to reverse engineer this. Black, Black Book, book, book film. Dutch through oh it's from Dutch it's from uh, yeah. Paul Paul Verhoeven that's right she's also no, in her Valkyrie. name is Van Houten now is she is she from Dutch she must be yeah of course yeah. oh I see like Zwartburg. I said, she's from uh, she's from uh, Leiderdorp oh Leiderdorp like Lisbeth yeah. what like Le- Lisbeth but Lisbeth isn't she she's from, from Dutch isn't Lisbeth from, from Dutch she's from Utrecht Carice Van Houten okay oh look at her wow she's pretty. Yeah, she's nice. Um, she's funny. She's funny. She's got a funny sense of humor. Like I imagine Guy Pierce probably does. I'll bet they're funny. I bet they have fun. But you know, they just they they they've only been married five years. Like huh. I don't know where what would have happened. She's not with uh, Sebastian Koch anymore. I don't know who that who is. is that? Oh wait, no, he's the he's a German. He's he a was German. in Bridge of Spies. Yeah, which is which and the is, lives of others. Is that the East German movie? I love Bridge that movie. Bridge of Spies is only fine. You know what I mean? Like huh? it could have been so much better. It was only fine. What lives of others? No, Bridge of Spies. It was only. Oh. It was only. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. I I love Mark Rylance though. I love his eyes. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Mark Rylance. He's the guy driving the boat in Dunkirk, and he's the spy man uh, under the bridge. He's great. He's Mark amazing. Rylance, he's so warm and human. You know, we have we have a we have a phrase for him in um in uh, in Seattle? Friendly Fire, which is no, which is boat dad. It's a kind. You know, Boat Dad. It's like a dad. Is this on your other podcast? You call you have a name for Boat Dads? Boat Dad. And huh. it came from him. It came from him and oh, his performance I in Dumpture. Where it's like, he's a dad. He's got a boat. He sees <laughs> he sees that some soldiers need to get evacuated. And he's like, This is dangerously close to a book my kid has called Teen Boat. It's a teenager that turns into a boat. And and then the the, the 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 title of the book is Teen Boat, and then the deck or you know subhead is uh, he's a teen, he's a boat, he's Teen Boat. He's a teen. It's like, a tur- it's like Turbo Teen. Yeah, it's like Turbo Teen, but for a boat instead of a car. What's Turbo Teen? Turbo Teen is a uh, a short lived uh, cartoon about uh, a boy uh, who becomes a car. Because I was I was actually talking to somebody about putting Turbo Teen on the floor of my bathroom. Turbo Turbo Teen is that is that one of the elements? Turpentine is, it's uh, like a manufactured rock product. The devil you say. You think that was a pun? I doubt uh, it. No. No, because I think it's actually called term, term, tourmaline or torba. Term, ter, tourmaline, tourmaline, the turpentine. Turpentine. Turbanine. Here's another one. Oh, here's, 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 here's. Tourmaline. Okay. All right. I think you might be having some kind of a neurological incident right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Peepaw. Uh, I used to have a funny thing that happened with the Beatles when I was a youngster because the Beatles that I thought of as the Beatles were the Beatles that were the old Beatles. Of course, you know, there's later Beatles, but like if you had to, if I had to pick out a lineup, is it going to be Blue Album, Capitol Records, Beatles, or Red Album, Capitol? It's going to be the red one, like the ones that were on Ed Sullivan, right? Oh, you're talking about the Beatles are the Beatles, the not Be- like Beatles the Beatles. Beatles. Not the Beatles that have gone... Not the not the Beatles that have taken drugs, but the but the Beatles, right, the original. Right, not a, not not a scarab, not like a journey beetle. Um, no, but here's the funny thing: is in my brain, I could never quite. I mean, I knew they each looked different, but I was. Uh, you know how it is when you're a kid. If you were to ask me who was who, three of the four Beatles looked so much like the other Beatles to me. Like, if we're being honest, like Ringo and John have a similarity. 
And to be honest, like young George and young Paul have kind of a similarity, and they all had the same outfit and the same haircut. Do you think, do you think Ringo qualifies as, as a beetle? Agent, as a who? As a beetle? Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, don't make the joke. Don't make the joke. First of all, it's a misquote and it's mean. Not even the best drummer in the Beatles. Um, uh, I mean, because like he's the one who looked different, and he's the one that the young people liked. Ringo. And, and I'm wondering, is he the Jamiroquai, or the is he the fire starter of the Beatles in some ways? Because he is the distinctive look. He did get one Sean Nelson-style song per album, usually. No. 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 I, I, you know, I uh, Naturally, he's actually a Bucko, a song by Bucko, and it's on the Buckaroos. Did you know that? No. They're going to put me in the movies. Have you ever gone through a phase? Have you ever gone through a Buck Owens and the Buckaroos phase? No. I can highly recommend it. Yeah, I don't don't like uh, country and Western music. Neither. No. (laughs) No, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't move me in it. And I don't, uh, I don't know why. Bakersfield sound was uh, pretty fun. It doesn't move me even when it's done by like friends of mine now. What about that, that uh, lovable alcoholic Hank Williams? Doesn't grab you? Not really. It's uh it it's um <clears throat> it's formulaic. Yeah, it is. By, it is by design. By design. You so know? you're saying country and, country music is bullshit. And I just don't feel like uh don't it's never like made me go. Uh, yes. it's never made me cry. Like, except for like Wichita lineman. I mean, there oh, are few... God, I love Glenn Campbell. I love Wichita lineman. I love Galveston. I've, I had a phase probably it was before Rona. I had a phase of getting way into what do they call it? Country politan. like sort of big, like sixties, like, um, a big arrangement. It was almost like the Phil Spector <laughs> phase of country where you get your, uh, you get your something like you know "Stand by Your Man" and that kind of stuff. I think I think I think "Stand by Your Man" is a very good song. See that stuff is I mean that and I don't know how to describe that because that style because you know like um, like the the Highwayman song. Uh, is that the Willie Nelson band? The Willie Nelson one. You know they're like. I could probably out of the out of the whole history of country music. You don't have to defend this. I I'm totally, I'm totally okay that I feel this. like this is yeah. These are great tunes, yeah. sung with passion, with great with great uh, production, and the whole thing just like come together. But in general, I don't, I don't, I did not follow rockabilly over to mm-hmm. country. I followed it. Even when the Beatles do it, I'm kind of like. Yeah, no, I understand. But that was cosplay. yeah, that was so formative for them. I'm gonna tell you what my one of my all time favorite lyrics. It's uh, the last verse of "Hey Good Looking," and there's this line in "Hey Good Looking" where he goes, "I'm not gonna try to sing it, although I could." Um, he says, "I'm gonna throw my date book over the fence, and buy me one for five or ten cents. I'll keep it till it's covered with age, because I'm writing your name down on every page." I love that lyric. I just think if you're gonna do rhymes, man, lean into it and like. The problem is, though, he is horrible, and most of his songs are about how women shouldn't be allowed to get mad at how awful he is. <laughs> and that's what my songs are about. Oh! Now, wait a minute. Are you the Jameer Choir of yourself? That sounds like a Miranda July movie. 
The problem with me being <laughs> the generic boy myself plot? is that nobody ever, uh, like, nobody ever wanted me. That's like, I, insanity. <laughs> I needed, I needed a Jamiroquoi. Somebody moved my floor. <laughs> Who moved my cheese and my floor? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Out of here. <laughs>